Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Tuesday, February 20th, 2024. Stand up for your country. You know, the founding fathers would definitely be worried if they were alive today about this country. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, The corrupt media, probably the number one um, issue in the founders' minds, because as we've mentioned more than once, they carved out special protections for the press so the press could inform you in an honest way, and that is not happening. Um, The reason is that the giant corporations have taken over most of the American media and they couldn't care less about anything but profits. They're not looking for good talent. They're not looking for good journalism. Most of the investigative units have been um, destroyed. You might have heard Catherine Herridge, investigative reporter at CBS News, they let her go, Uh, on and on and on and on. So if the final founders are around, they go, wow, that's a pretty big change in the way that we had set up the country. And then you add in the collapsing justice system, both civil and criminal, where if somebody sues you, accuses you, you better have a million dollars to defend yourself. I mean, that's how ridiculous this whole thing is in a civil course. And it'll take two or three years. And by that time, you and your family could be destroyed. Your reputation is destroyed. And there's nobody going to help you. Nobody. There's no fast trial. Um, the lawyers are going to bill you six, $700 an hour. Um, so anybody can destroy you by suing you. That's what happened to Trump. But it was another component to Trump. The only reason that he was charged with fraud in the real estate transactions is because the Democrats that run New York want to destroy him. And they were successful, at least partially. Now, I believe a lot of this is going to be overturned. 
But in the meantime, the power of the state of New York went after one individual, Donald Trump. And there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And, and we have another thing coming up. When you have a so-called victim who doesn't know what year her victimization took place, doesn't know what year it took place, doesn't that raise a few flags? Donald Trump, as soon as he walks in, guilty. No benefit of the doubt, no due process. So when you have this corrupt media, collapsing justice system, and then you have a very apathetic American public. <laughs> you know, 50% of us don't give a hoot about what happens. They're lost in cyberspace. They're on their phones 24-7. They're lazy. They're ill-informed. They don't know anything. They have no curiosity about anything. They just blithely create their own shallow world. And whatever happens in the country doesn't really concern them. You know, it's too boring. Okay? Whereupon, in the 1930s and 40s, we had a depression where everybody was in it together, and then we had a war, World War II, where you had to participate. So the mindset was totally different, but not now. So let me give you a good example, and that's the subject of uh, the Talking Points memo. So a lot of people have written me about uh, ranking the presidents. This comes out of the 2024 Presidential Greatness Project. <clears throat> and um, because I'm writing a book called Confronting the Presidents, No Spin Assessments from Washington to Biden, people want my opinion. And I gave it last night on News Nation. I'll play a little bit of that in a moment. But anyway, uh, this crew, Presidential Greatness Project, run by a political science professor at the University of Houston, and an associate political science professor at Coastal California, uh, Carolina University. So two guys run this. All right, they've had some trouble. So former members have quit saying that uh, this project is too liberal. Now, does that mean I condemn the project? No. You know, people are disenchanted and they quit for a variety of reasons, but it's on their resume. So when the list comes out of the ranking of the president, they have the top four this way. Lincoln first, FDR second, Washington third, Teddy Roosevelt fourth. That's okay. I might quibble here and there with a little bit of it, but all four of those men were great presidents. There's no doubt about it. But then the thing goes crazy. Barack Obama is the seventh greatest president out of 45. That's ridiculous. That's, that totally destroys the credibility of this organization. It wasn't that Obama was a bad president. He wasn't. He wasn't. But his enduring legacy is one thing and one thing only. Obamacare, which helps poor Americans to this day. But that's it in eight years. And you can make a solid argument that his one world philosophy weakened the United States overseas. You can make a solid argument it did. You can make another solid argument that he was a polarizing figure. Okay, remember the uh, guns and Bible and uh, all of that. Michelle Obama saying, oh, the first time I'm proud of my country. That's all polarizing. It's all polarizing. 
Okay, it doesn't bring the country together. So number seven, when I when I saw that, I went, <clears throat> okay, I know what's going on. And then Biden clocks in at number 14. <laughs> that, you know, now we're into Looney Tunes. Remember the cartoon Looney Tunes? That's where we are. Biden 14. Biden has hurt this country in almost every single way in three years plus. And the American people know it. But apparently these political scientists don't because they don't want to know. They're voting their ideology. Okay, so this came up with Leland Vittert. I do his program at 7 p.m. Eastern every Monday. Roll the tape. I thought when you rank FDR second, LBJ ninth, Obama seventh, that says you're, you care a lot more about the liberal policies they institute than you do about the men and what they accomplished. Sure. I mean, this is a liberal uh, organization, and they have ranked um, the presidents in an ideological way. So confronting the presidents, my book that'll be out in September, basically is very simple because I'm a simple man, Leland, as you well know. Who hurt the country? Who helped the country? And then we weigh one against the other to come up with judgments about whether they were effective or not. We do not rank the presidents, although we say that Lincoln was the greatest president because he had the most to overcome following perhaps the worst president, James Buchanan, who allowed the South to get completely out of control in four years, did absolutely nothing to stem that rebellion. Okay, so in their survey, they have Buchanan second worst, Donald Trump first worst, first worst. So this liberal group, and it is, come on. I mean, you're putting LBJ with high marks. Did you forget about the Vietnam War? Come on. They put LBJ up there because of the great society welfare programs. But I guess they just didn't kind of notice Vietnam. LBJ totally blew that. 100% on him. So it's just, you know, as a historian, I'm just appalled. But anyway, so Trump is the worst because these people don't like Trump. Okay? And that came up. Go. So Donald Trump was a fairly successful president as far as policy was concerned. But January 6th obliterated his presidency. My line in when we write about Trump is January 6th is Trump's Lewinsky. And that's true. The election denial in January 6th that followed that obliterated all the good things that Donald Trump did in the four years. And he did good things. It's just there. It's like a baseball player who hits 50 home runs. It's just there. Now, if he makes 10 errors or whatever, the baseball player hits 50 home runs, then you've got to balance. But there's no balance here. Trump's the worst president. No. No. He solidified the economy, and that helped every single working American. Because real wages were up about 8%. So everybody was helped who's in the marketplace. And then... He stabilized overseas, wiping out ISIS. You know the drill. 
and he's the worst. So this is just a parody, but it gets all over the place. Okay, all over the place. And there's Biden going, oh, I'm number 14. Trump's the worst. Yeah. Okay. Um, Again, it all comes back to progressive people. And I have to put the two political science professors, even though I don't know them, in that category. And by the way, I'm going to say my producers here, let's try to get one of the two on next week. The professors that wrote this thing. I bet you they run. But I'll try to get one of the two on next week and we'll have an interesting debate. But progressives love Joe Biden, though, if you're a progressive American and they're believe me, they are the majority in colleges across the country. Progressives. You love Biden because he does what the progressives want 100 percent. Yeah, it's not successful, but the progressives put ideology above performance. But it's the same thing with Trump. The MAGA people don't really care. They're going to like Trump no matter what. They don't trust the establishment. They don't trust the media. They don't trust anything, but they love their guy, Donald Trump. It's the same mindset. We're not looking, all right, for reality. We are entrenched on MAGA or on the progressive left. I always say, try to step back and look at what's really happening, backed up by facts, which is why you watch and listen to me, because we don't do any commentary here without being backed up by reality. And that's the memo. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the Internet. Subscribe, download now the truth. All right, so Joe Biden's off to California. He's made five trips in the last six months to the Golden State to raise buku money. He's not doing the people's business. If you read the message of the day on BillOReilly.com, free to all, he's not a president that's working. He doesn't do that. All right? He has nothing on his schedule. All he does is run around, goes in, shakes some hands, money comes in for his re-election Democratic Party. That's all he does. Doesn't do anything else. And there's all kinds of stuff going on. There's Israel, Ukraine, borders. He's not engaged on any of it. He's not going to make any calls. His people are making the calls. I don't even know if they run it by him now. They'd have to. They would have to tell Mr. President, we're going to say this, or we're going to do that. They'd have to, I get. Or they tell Jill, and Jill tells Joe. But I don't know. Anyway, uh, read the message on BillOReilly.com. I uh, think you'll be uh, happy you did. So Joe Biden has raised $42 million just in January. Unbelievable. Okay. They have about $130 million in the bank, the Biden re-election campaign. And that includes political action committees. So they'll raise a billion. A billion dollars will go into the Biden uh, operation. And Trump has not announced yet what he raised for January. But remember, a lot of the Trump political action committee 
money is going to pay his law bills. So Trump's law bills are now about 60 million going to 70 million soon. And he can use political action money to pay those bills, which is what he's doing. So, but Trump can raise a lot of money. I mean, no doubt in my mind. Now, there's a poll in New York, Siena College, small college outside of Albany. We used to play them at football when I was at Marist, and a good college. So they'll poll just New Yorkers, 48 Democrat, 22 Republican. Now, the reason they do that is because Democrats outnumber Republicans in New York State three to one. The Republican Party here in New York, where I am, very rarely uh, has a shot. Now, they almost won the governorship. Okay, you remember Lee Zeldin? Almost. So it's not, it's not like California, which is hopeless. Never coming back. New York has still got a glimmer of hope. Okay, so here are the questions. In the United States, on the right track or wrong? This is New Yorkers, Democrats, mostly. Right track, 31, wrong, 62. Favorable opinion of Joe Biden or unfavorable of the man? Favorable, 46, unfavorable, 50. Approve or disapprove of the job Biden's doing? Total approve, 45 mirrors his personal. Disapprove, 52. Um, Election was held today. Would you vote for Biden, 48, Trump, 36. So, you know, New York, California, Illinois, Biden's got him. Nothing going to happen there. Um, If you could have your way, would you prefer the next president be Biden, 28, Trump, 28, somebody else, 41. So even the people who are going to vote for Biden don't want him. They just hate Trump. Siena poll. Okay. Congressional recess. Now, a lot of people don't know how much time off our elected representatives get in Washington. So they just came off a humongous Christmas break. They worked about a month. And now they're on a uh, recess. And then there'll be an Easter break. And then there'll be a summer break. It's like, how do I get this job? So that's why you haven't heard anything about impeachment inquiries and Hunter Biden. And it's all down till they come back um, the 26th, six days from now. What's that? Monday? Um, They come back Monday. Just want to remind you. State of the Union coming up March 7th. Now, I will not be in this chair on March 7th. Okay, I have to go to Florida to do some charity work. Um, And I'm not missing anything. Because I already know what the State of the Union address is going to be. And I'm going to tell you right now, so you don't have to sit through it if you don't want to. Although it is interesting to watch. Okay, so March 7th, Joe Biden's going to read the teleprompter for about 45 minutes. If he can make it, maybe they'll cut it down to 25 or 30. And he'll go over that teleprompter script 10 times. So he'll just be reading it and reading it and reading it so he can get it out for the State of the Union. There are going to be two themes. One, what a great job he has done. And he'll make up all kinds of stuff. And then the Monday following, because this is a Thursday night, I'll use some of the sound bites and I'll say, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. And then I'll tell you the truth. We'll back it up. But You can't do that at the State of the Union because nobody's going to interrupt him. He's just going to read it. So I created more jobs than God did. I I did this. I did that. Inflation is 
never really was a problem. It's all in your imagination. Yeah, you know, the border is secure. It's the Republicans who wrecked it. Trump did it. You're going to listen to that. And then the second thing is that Trump's Hitler. Okay, he's Putin, he's Hitler, he's Mao, he's Stalin, all wrapped up in one ball. And you're going to hear a lot of that. Because that's all they got. That's it. The Democrats only have Trump's Hitler, and we did a great job on the border, even though 10 to 15 million foreign nationals were running around the country unsupervised. But we did a great job. So I hate to be cynical here, but it's not worth my time. I'll have my staff watch it. We will check them. Fact check them, because that is worth my time. But I want to give you a heads up on what's happening. Let's go to crime. Indianapolis. All right. Right. Conservative town, fairly conservative town, law-abiding folks, regular people. Waffle House. So, um, two groups. Cops won't say who the groups are. They won't give us any description of the groups at all. They go, Two groups go into the Waffle House after midnight, okay, Monday, and they shoot at at each other. And one woman's dead, Crystal Kennebrew, 35-year-old African-American. Finally got that, African-American. So that says to me and you, if an African-American woman is killed, and if a white person killed her, That story would be front page, lead story, every media outlet. So it has to be another African-American that killed poor Miss Kennebrew, right? Has to be. It's impossible that it isn't. But the cops won't confirm that. Nope. And five others were wounded. Five. So five wounded, one dead, no arrests. No arrests. Okay, we don't, we don't know. We don't know who did it. I mean, I'm sitting here going, it's a Waffle House. You got two groups coming in, and you can't tell the public, Indianapolis authorities, what the deuce happened? Don't you think the public has a right to know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. Gang stuff. That's 90% of the mass shootings gang stuff. I was a reporter on the street long enough to know when I covered a crime in New York City for Channel 2 WCBS, I knew who was arrested for the crime. The cops would tell me. Not now. Joining us from L.A., Aaron Cohen. He's founder of Cherry's Counter Terror, specializing in training law enforcement in violent situations. Can you explain why we don't know what happened at the Waffle House in Indianapolis and the Kansas City Parade? Can you tell me why we don't know what happened after all this time? Uh, well, yeah, I think it's exactly what you're leading into, Bill, which is that uh, we've got uh, political uh, uh, political uh, restraints being put on the ability to be able to deduce exactly who was behind the crime. I believe this was gang related, which means that it's potentially black on black. It's a high possibility it was black on black. Uh, you know, the, the Midwest bill has been in a gang war that's been developing for the last 20 years. So let's we look at Kansas City. Kansas City, straight up, you had two black miners, black on black, opening fire at each other at this monster uh, uh, parade celebrating the Super Bowl. My question was, where was the security? 
uh, given the uh, the height of all the domestic threats that are coming in from all over the world, from you know Iran to uh, uh, domestic terrorism here with the active shooters that are popping up. Where we're at in 2024, intelligence and information, regardless of who are committing these crimes, that information needs to be released and needs to be streamlined. And there can be no politics involved whatsoever. Otherwise, like you said, you're never going to get to the root of the problem. You're not going to get more patrol on the streets. You're not going to get these gang task force funded with more money, which they need, not just in Kansas City, Bill, and Chicago. Uh, they just wrapped up a six-year investigation. Uh, again, gang on gang, south side and west side Chicago. Uh, a monster gang problem over the last 20 years. It's been growing and growing. The problem is these liberal cities aren't being honest about it. And what it's doing is it's affecting the frontline patrol and police officers' ability to be able to deal with it head on. And you cannot politic when it comes to crime, especially with this expanding gang but they are. problem. That they are. And there's with. nobody except me reporting it. I don't know anybody else reporting this story this sure. way. Now, some stats. African-Americans comprise 13% of the American population. 2022, 52% of all homicides in the country were committed by African-Americans, okay? 56% of murder victims, African-American. Again, 13% of the population. So you're just basically letting this, as you said, letting this go. There's no will to confront it at all. But if that Waffle House, that having a white guy shooting that poor black woman, you know it would be everywhere in this country. Is that racism? Uh, well, it's certainly a form of uh, uh, placism. I mean, I don't know how else to, how else to explain it. You're sort of nailing it. Uh, uh, again, if you're not honest about uh, uh what it is that you're seeing with that shooting in Kansas City and with the shooting at the Waffle House, then you're unable to directly confront that threat head on, which is violent crime. Absolutely. And, and, you just read and, it, and it's worse than that. One of the ways that New York City confronted violent crime that worked under Giuliani and Bloomberg, the mayors, was stop and frisk. Because the cops know in their beats, in their precincts, who the gang guys are. Everybody knows that because they have tattoos, they run around, everybody knows. So they would stop them, frisk them, and find a lot of guns and then prosecute them on gun crimes. But stop and frisk, gone. So after that left, the rise in violent gangs doubled or tripled, and so did the violent crime. But there is no movement to bring back stop and frisk. Now, as a counterterrorism expert, do you believe in stop and frisk? Uh, not only do I believe in it, but uh, it, it's one of the critical layers of preventative uh, uh, measures that law enforcement needs. Look, Bill, you know, just because I come from the counterterrorist space, let me be clear. I spent the, I spent the last four, uh, 15 years working as a, a deputy uh, for a sheriff's agency on the East Coast, a nice size sheriff's agency, where I trained that agency in counterterrorism, but also active shooter response, which is that highest threat of, of response uh, uh, to violence. 
And what we saw in Kansas City was an active shooter. The fact that it was black on black or the fact that it was crime related or gang related, which is drug related, it, it, you still have the same uh, uh, effect at the end, the same violent outcome. Stop sure. and frisk is it, terror, it terrorizes the community. I just want to be clear. We don't know yet if these minors were members of gangs or if they're black. We heavily suspect that is the case, but we don't know. And I want everybody to understand it. Final question for you. When you put ethnicity, skin color, equity, whatever it may be, over honesty, then you have danger, public safety danger. That's my opinion. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Uh, you have to be brutally honest about shaping a mosaic to be able to look at the threat so that you can develop policies and procedures, Bill, to be able to combat those threats in order to protect these communities. That's the bottom line. I agree with you 100%. Law enforcement has the capability, but to be able to really do the job, the way Giuliani did it, he was very effective. Stop and frisk is a must and being honest about the genesis of those threats to be able to categorize those gangs, to be able to, to look at that as a drug problem, the Mexican Sinaloa cartels with their fentanyl, with their crack cocaine coming up from the South, all that gets distributed by these baseline gang members, and that has to be looked at honestly, otherwise you're gonna have another decaying gang city, and the problem with that is it's gonna spill over and it's just going to get worse and more Yeah, innocent people are getting killed now like crazy. Neighborhoods are being terrorized and destroyed. I don't know of anybody doing this. I don't know of anybody in the country. I don't know any governor, any mayor, anybody trying to get this under control. Mr. Cohen, thanks very much. We appreciate your time. Demographics. Uh, record number of Americans are set to turn 65 this year. About 11,200 a day in 24, will turn 65. Now, uh, you know, those are older people than me. And <laughs> But anyway, why do you care? Why do I care? Because once the population turns 65, then Medicare and all the subsidies that you paid into kick in. And the younger workforce has to pay that. But the younger workforce is shrinking and slacking. So you ought to know that. So more federal dollars are going out to the baby boomers who are getting older and fewer federal dollars are coming in from the working people. Now they're gutting, the government is gutting the wealthy so, and the corporations so much that they still have a very high inflow of tax dollars, but it's getting worse. So uh, if you are under the age of 26, you are Generation Z, as in zebra. <clears throat> There's a study out of UK, probably London, um, that surveyed 1,500 businesses and 1,500 working people. All right? And the study says that 93% of Gen Z under 26, okay, didn't show up for a job interview and they were given one. And 87% managed to get a job and didn't show up on the first day of work. So am I surprised? No. 
You know what the term is? I blew it off. That's the term. And the relationship to work, to labor, is absolutely disintegrating in the Western world. Because you people, they don't really feel the need, you know, somebody's going to give them something, I'll get through, government programs, whatever it may be. Gen Z. Hawaii, one of the nicest places on earth, been to all the islands except Lanai. I'm going to get there. I haven't been to Molokai. Um, I love Hawaii. Whenever I go to Asia, I stop in Hawaii. Okay. So about 10 million tourists go there every year. And that's it for Hawaii. Okay. That's how they make their money. So they want to charge everybody who goes in now a $25 climate tax. Okay. I'm not outraged. You would think I might be, but I'm not. The islands have to be maintained. And it's not cheap to do that anymore. So I'm going to pay to 25. You go to 50, because there was a proposal, 50 bucks, mm, probably go to the Caribbean. Because it's a longer trip for me from New York to get Hawaii, but I'll pay the 25. Now, Hawaii is a socialist state. It's run by socialists, just so you know. If you want to move there, you got to be careful. But visit, love it. Smart life. So Americans have trouble sleeping. A lot of them have things on their conscience. There is a study uh, run by Sleep Doctor, sleepfoundation.org, sleepfoundation.org. And there's four things that you can do to make your sleep better, which is so important, you know, especially when you get older. First thing, set the thermostat to between 65 and 68. You don't want it too warm. I know there's a lot of people, oh, I'm cold, I'm cold. Get a little blanket. Well, get that thermostat down. Second thing, seven hours of sleep, got to get a minimum seven. I get more than seven, but I do wake up time to time, but seven hours is important. 30 minutes before you go to bed, you got to do something relaxing. Hot bath, book, turn off the stupid television, and disconnect the cell phone an hour before you go to sleep. I know nobody will do that, and that's what's keeping a lot of people up. Smart life, there are your tips. Um, let's go to history now. Uh, February 20th, 1992, Ross Perot kind of hinting around on Larry King, the late Larry King, that he's going to run for president. Go. Is there any scenario in which you would run for president? Can you give me a scenario in which you'd say, okay, I'm in? Well, number one, I don't want to. I know, but is number there a scenario? Two, you know, if you're that serious, you, the people, are that serious? You register me in 50 states. And if you're not willing to organize and do that, then this is all just talk. Are you I'm saying? I'm saying to the ordinary folks, if you're dead serious, start then committees I want to see some sweat. I want to see some sweat. Why do I want to see some sweat? I said it earlier. I want you in the ring. All right. That was 32 years ago. Now, Perot did run a third party with his own money, by the way. He spent a lot of money. And he didn't get any electoral votes. The election of 92 shake down this way. Clinton, 370 electoral votes. Bush the elder off the bad economy, 
168, Ross Perot none, but Perot almost got 20 million votes, 19% in the popular vote. So that happened. Remember that? Remember Ross Perot? Never met him. Okay, I got a good mail segment, lively mail segment. And uh, final thought coming up in a moment. Let's get to the mail. We got uh, Carol, concierge member. Again, we urge you to get an insurance policy for your life at a very small cost and sign up for concierge membership on BillOReilly.com. You get a free book, any of my books, Killing the Witches, still selling. Get a free. All right, here's what Carol said. I'm now concerned how Judge Scott McAfee will rule in the Fannie Willis case because he's running for election in May, re-election. I am too. If Fannie Willis doesn't get booted, it's absolutely because of politics. I agree with you 100%. That is the big thing. Judge McAfee's re-election. Gabriel Caponera, Chicago. This may seem like an unimportant question, but I have to ask, does Letitia James have so much time on her hands that she can sit in a courtroom to witness the verdict of a defendant only if it's Trump? Because it's politics for her. Letitia James is running on, I hate Trump. So that's why she's there. Brendan Fannin, Chandler, North Carolina. What are your thoughts, Bill, on a Trump RFK team? Come on. They're not compatible in any way. It would never happen. I know they put this stuff out on the Internet. I know. It's so stupid. Patrick Higgins, Grizzly Flats, California. On February 19, 2023, the national debt was $31.4 trillion. On February 19, 2024, one year later, $34.2 trillion. Biden's the biggest spending president in history by far. Nobody even close. Spend, spend, spend. Bankrupting the country. Sarah Boyce, quoting on Hudson, New York, I came across a quote by James Madison. In your repeated examples of corrupt media, O'Reilly, I thought it was time to send it to you. Madison says, quote, popular government without popular information or the means of acquiring it is but a prologue to a farce or tragedy, perhaps both. You bet. That is true. David Malchak, Raleigh, North Carolina. To what extent have the airlines improved since 22? Is it safe to start taking flights again? It was never a safety problem. United States Airlines are the safest airlines in the world. It's a, can I get on? I was going to say a bad word. Can I get on a damn plane? Once you're on the plane, you're fine. Candida Kane. Gilberts, Illinois. I used the term progressive online and Facebook corrected me by saying Republicans were the first progressives. True. Teddy Roosevelt. But the term has now changed to mean far left. Terms change throughout history. Stephen, I am a conservative, not 100 percent Republican. We brought our two daughters from China 24 and 21 years ago, respectively. We had to go through hoops in order to get them into this country, but it was all worth it. Well, you did it right way, Stephen. And I bet you your daughters contribute greatly to this country. I bet you they do. Okay, go to BillOReilly.com. We've got uh, last day for our special. Uh, You got, uh, what, United States of Trump. You've got a whole bunch and a mug. I can't remember what we have. There it is. Killing Kennedy. United States of Trump. And a mug. 37 bucks. Last day, we 
We're not making much money on this. We're just doing it. Um, you can uh, pre-order Confronting the Presidents. We hope you do. On BillOReilly.com, we will not bill you until we send it to you. Word of the day, do not be pawky, P-A-W-K-Y. Final thought in a moment. All right. I am a journalist historian. In my career in journalism, I've often had gut feelings about things. Not always right, but more right than wrong. I have a feeling something big is going to happen in the political area of this country. I don't know when. Now, I told you I didn't think Joe Biden was going to be on the ballot a year ago. His position in one year has deteriorated dramatically, as everybody knows. If you follow the polls, if you follow any kind of information flow. So I was correct about that. And his own party doesn't want him to run. As the Siena poll in New York shows, they don't want him to run. Something's going to happen, but I'm not sure it's going to be Biden. But I know I can feel it. I can feel it. Something's coming before we vote in November. We got what? Uh, nine months left, something like that. So I did this final thought to get it on tape. So when something does happen, that and it's got to be big. Okay, I'll be able to play this for you. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. We will see you again tomorrow.